live from New York, or well, reported in New York. It's the Adobe and Teardrops podcast with your pal, Rachel Post, bringing you all of the alt-country, rock and roll, roots music, and more that I think sounds good. It's the Adobe and Teardrops podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 166 of Adobe and Teardrops. My brain is in vacation mode still. As you may have seen on Twitter, one of my friend's parents bought a giant McMansion on the Hudson River that used to be a bed and breakfast, and it was sold as is, so all of the kooky decorations are still up. It was fun, and my heart is still in the bedroom that is decorated like a chamber in a De Medici palace. Medici. Still working on that one. (laughs) The bathroom was the size of my last apartment, for real, and it had a giant sunset mural in it, like over the top hot tub, because sure, why not? (laughs) Anyway. This episode is going to be like a hybrid of the current format and the new format that's going to start in about two weeks. I dug deep into my record crates, and by that I mean my hard drive, to bring you the best of music that's new and the best of what's in Adobe and Teardrop's vast archives. We're going to start the set off with Dallas Moore. His album, The Rain, is out this week, and it's full of songs that would easily fall under Outlaw Country, though the songs have a relentless optimism to them. So I thought I'd bring it down a little bit with I Can Wake Any Son of a Bitch in the House because, well, you can't be too happy. So we'll start with Dallas Moore's Blue Jean Jesus. Patreon subscribers will listen to Better Days. Then we'll listen to I Can Wake Any SOBs. It don't get much better than this off of Mayberry. Patreon subscribers will get to hear Break All Your Strings.
Closed that set out with a new one by The Roseline, 700 Second Chances. Looking forward to their album coming up soon. Coming up, in this next set, some of the best in Southern power pop. We'll kick it off with The Blips, a sort of Birmingham area supergroup. You can hear how much fun they're having playing around with the vintage sounds. Gold Rush is fast and loose. And the song Patreon subscribers will listen to, Yes, Yes, No, Yes, Yes, No, is as much fun to listen to as it is to say out loud. And that self-titled album is out today. Up early 
After the Blitz, I took you back to 2012 with the District Attorneys and the album Slow Burner. You heard Boomtown, and Patreon subscribers vibed with Here's Your Star. I don't think I've listened to this since 2013 or something, but I always get little pieces of it stuck in my head. It's so good. These songs are going to be stuck in my head for the next three years now, I swear. (laughs) It was truly impossible to pick just two songs to feature, so I'll definitely have to get them back on the podcast as soon as I can. As an aside, Frank Keith Forth played on bass for the band. He now holds it down for Great Peacock and is also a publicist for Sweetheart PR. I close the set with the Pollies and their most recent album, Transmissions, from 2018, though they released an album of live acoustic songs of their greatest hits this past year called Live from the Guest Bedroom. There's lots of great songs from the album, but I played You Want It to keep in line with the theme of the other two song titles, Gold Rush and Boomtown. Just for fun. (laughs) For this next set, this is one of the last Submit Hub grab bags I'll be doing for a while, so let's get weird with it. We'll start with June Star, a band out of Baltimore, and their song Seven Pieces. I love how it sounds like something out of the mid-90s, so let's give it a whirl.
got Jazzy with the Ryan Barry Quintet. The song is Desert Sun from the EP Moonlight. Then we cruised along to Texas singer-songwriter Jeremy Parsons' gorgeous meditation, Something Other Than You Are, off his recent album, Things to Come. We'll end the show with my interview with Mackenzie Shivers about her new album, Rejection Letters. To get the full conversation, read the interview on Adobe and Teardrops, linked to in the show notes. In this excerpt, Mackenzie and I discuss the songs Martha's Vineyard and Kids. So with that, in music we trust, in music we believe, be safe out there, everybody. Take care of each other. Mackenzie, you have been a longtime supporter of Adobe and Teardrop, so I'm really happy to have you on the podcast and on the website. Oh, thanks, Rachel. <laughs> it's so it's awesome to be uh, speaking with you and, and seeing you virtually. Yes, although both of us have our mics like in front of our faces because that's <laughs> how technology works. That's how <laughs> so, it works. But you, I want to talk about your album, which came out on April 2nd, Rejection Letters. I wrote some of the songs before the pandemic hit, and then I had kind of like this idea in my head of what the album was going to be. And I had plans to record the record with live band and a very different way than I ended up recording it because of, you know, obvious pandemic reasons. So I was in Cape Cod at the beginning of the pandemic and I ended up just writing a bunch of new material, which was not plans. Like I did not go into this pandemic being like, you know, what's going to be cool is writing a bunch of songs. Like I, that's just not where my brain was, but it just kind of ended up happening. I guess it was sort of my way of like processing what was going on. And uh, then I recorded the actual record in Hudson Valley, like in Woodstock, New York. Yeah. (laughs) It's like that. What was that tweet that was going around early on about how like Shakespeare wrote King Lear during? (laughs) Yes, 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 exactly. Which wasn't historically accurate anyway. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like this idea of like, oh, think of all the great art that's going to come out of the pandemic. And it's like, yeah, like I'm sure there's going to be a lot of great art that comes out of the pandemic, but at the same time, it's like, I, I also know a lot of people who have said, you know, I haven't written anything in the pandemic because I have not been in that mindset. And I feel like I've just been more in survival mode, which I think is totally legit. And I think Mm -hmm. like everybody's different, which is again, why I was surprised that I was writing a lot at the beginning, because I don't know, that was kind of the furthest thing from my mind. It was like making art. I was more just like trying to kind of come to terms with what was happening, but I don't know, the the writing just kind of came on its own, I guess. And I think that sort of makes sense with the emotional palette uh, the album, I forget if I said it earlier, is Rejection Letters. And I feel like you really focus a lot on expressing anger, but also like processing it and learning how to channel it, which is relevant to me because it's something I've been talking about a lot in therapy. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, I feel you. I Yeah, it's it's a good thing to talk about in therapy. It's a good thing to work through. I feel like, yeah, expressing anger in like healthy ways is something that I is definitely something I have been working on. I don't know about you, but for me, I've realized I when I'm angry, or especially if I'm angry with someone or angry, like in a moment with another person, I really like freeze up. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just kind of don't say or do anything. I just freeze. And then later I realize, Hey, I'm actually really angry about that. That happened. And then I have to figure out then like, okay, do it. Then I talk to that person or like, how do I process that anger? So it's an ongoing work. I will say in my (laughs) life for sure. Is there like something that inspired, I guess it's maybe a silly question, but is there something that inspired you to like focus on that experience or like that emotion in particular or was it just sort of like responding to all the anger and helplessness we were all feeling at the beginning of all this that's a good question I think it was more the latter I think usually when I'm writing I rarely I rarely sit down and and think oh you know what I'm going to write about is this I think it's more just kind of things come out words come out the notes come out the chords come out and then I realize oh this is about this and this is what I'm needing to process in this moment. Or sometimes I don't even realize in the moment what I'm even writing about and I'll realize afterwards and I'll discover like that's that it's very much something that I've been processing or working on, or it's almost like my subconscious like coming out, I guess. So yeah, I think, I think uh, the songs, there's one song in particular called Martha's Vineyard that I wrote in Cape Cod that 
discusses anger. And I think that was very much a moment of, I, I was, yeah, mad about what was happening and how it was being handled, um, the pandemic specifically. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was a lot of what was coming out in that song. And then it was sort of these like memories floating to the surface of like other times I've been angry and how, you know, how those situations went down. And so that's kind of what that song is. It kind of like goes through like this, this, um, almost like back through memories. vineyard yeah i mean something that's really interesting to me with all of the songs on rejection letters is like none of it really ends up going where i was expecting it to go both musically and lyrically was there like something that you feel really enabled you to have that kind of like expansiveness 
or is this just sort of where you are at the time, both in your skills as a songwriter and arranger, and of course those skills grow through time? Yeah, I think I think it was definitely just kind of how the songs ended up presenting themselves, but also I think some of it was just writing writing on the guitar for the first time. I think maybe I just felt a little more freedom with that instrument because I was really kind of discovering it for the first time. Like I had taken lessons when I was in high school very briefly, but this was the first time that I really kind of sat down and decided that I wanted to like have fun with the instrument and and get to know it and get to know different tunings. And so even though there's only like two guitar driven songs on the record, I was writing a, a lot on the guitar. And even if the end product didn't turn out to be a guitar song, like even if we turned it into something that was more, you know, electric piano based or something, like I was still writing more on the guitar this time. I was reading in your press materials that you don't, you want to make sure your listeners don't feel like they're alone and you approach some pretty subject, heavy subject matter here. I was wondering, like, have you been able to really connect with people or have you had that connection come back to you where people have said this song means so much to me or whatever? Yeah, I have a little bit so far, which has been really nice because that, I mean, really that's like at the end of the day, why I release the music into the world instead of just like keeping it for myself is so hopefully people will see their own stories and my stories and feel less alone with Martha's Martha's Vineyard. I had actually several women specifically reach out to me and and say like wow like I really I've just this is just something that I've been realizing a lot in my life how I feel like there's not space for me to get angry and I wrestle with anger and I mean I know you had mentioned that at the top mm-hmm. of our discussion and I realized like wow okay this is like really something I figured this was something a lot of people dealt with and women specifically but it was kind of it, it felt it felt good to to hear people share that with me is there anything you feel like you want to make sure we talk about something else that gets dealt with in the record that I just definitely don't want people to feel alone in is this like question of becoming a a parent in our crazy modern world that we live in with a lot of scary things in it. And then also like people who do decide that they do want to become parents and then what that looks like and having trouble with that. I happen to be somebody who's in a relationship with a man and we decided we do want to have children and we're trying biologically, but we're having a very hard time with it. And I felt very unprepared for that. It's something that gets discussed a bit in the record that I think is good to be open about in my life and my music, because I do think it's something that can feel very lonely. And if I hear about other people going through similar things that they always tell me that they feel very lonely. No, I I agree that everyone acts like it's just like one, two, and then there's a baby, but Actually, it's really, really hard to make a baby. <laughs> totally. It's so yeah. true. It's so true. I feel like I like grew up, you know, watching movies and things where it's like, you know, oh, like you're with people constantly getting pregnant by accident. And I know that happens. And so not to diminish that, but I just had it in my head that like, oh, okay. So if you, if you want to get pregnant, then like, it's really easy and like, it's not a big deal. You just do it. And yeah, it's definitely not how it's been for me, but also, also just like coming to the decision of like wanting to become a parent was very difficult for me. And mm-hmm. I think that's like something that, uh, a lot of people also go through this question of, is this what I want or, or do I think I want it? Because this is what I grew up being told. Like I, I will end up doing with my life. It feels good to write about it. And I realized like, oh, this is something that clearly is very important to me or that I'm working through. And like, I think the song is just one way that I work through something. And then my hope is that if someone hears it, maybe it helps them, you know, work through something too. That night at the bar on the Upper West Side, we said we wanted kids. What a mess we've made. We say we don't believe in heaven. We want more of each other, more of it But what happens when we're gone? Questions to my answers are always playing coy, boy (laughs) 
voice that whispered is starting to yell a little louder now, starting to creep through my bones. All these pretty people dancing around us, but I want you and we want each other. All original content is copyright Adobe and Teardrops. All original music is copywritten by their respective artists.